Welcome to Sam's Business Growth Show. I'm Sam Dunning, a digital marketing, sales, and business growth evangelist. Tune in and subscribe today as I'll be interviewing business leaders, experts, and entrepreneurs from around the globe. You'll be learning their story, how digital marketing has helped them along the way, and exclusive tips and insights to help you skyrocket your own business. And welcome back to a fresh episode of Sam's Business Growth Show. Excited to be joined by returning guest, Naraj Kapoor today. Naraj is an expert sales coach and trainer, speaker, and he's a best-selling author of two sales books. Naraj, welcome back, my friend. How's it going? Sam, it's great to see you again. I think last time we spoke, you'd just become a daddy. Exactly right. Yeah, so it, was a look, it shows, shows um, how long the show's been going now, because I think, yeah, like you say, it was just, just before he was born, and now he's nearly five months old. So, um, yeah, nice little milestone and good to have you back, man. How's business? All, all good? Yeah, I mean, it's quite interesting because business, my business has changed twice this year. So in March, initially in lockdown, everything changed because all my speaking at events went and all my sales training in the corporate world disappeared very quickly overnight. It was kind of scary, but I think I'm lucky because I've been through two previous recessions. Um, that's how old I am. <laughs> so <laughs> I rebuilt it very quickly and within six weeks I was back on my feet and I, I was doing fantastic up until September and then in September a lot of my clients kind of went through their bounce back loans and most of their savings and they're getting a little edgy at the moment so I've had to kind of transfer a bit less coaching one-to-one and doing more group coaching which is more cost effective for people and running more master classes now so I'm doing two master classes a month at the moment one for my nice. clients and then one for the public. So again, you've you've got to adapt. You've got to learn how to pivot your business according to times. That's very very important. Good to hear. And agreed. Yeah, you've got to adapt with what's what's going on, man. So look, Naraj, let's jump straight into it. The topic for today's conversation is how we can never have a, a bad sales month again, um, which I think is going to be extremely useful both for myself and everyone watching or tuning in today. Because I know I've had my fair share of months where I've got to the, the last week of the month, perhaps even the last day of the month, and I'm scratching about thinking, I need another five grand, I need another three grand, I need another grand to hit my target, to hit my bonus or beat my quota to get my sales commissions and um, essentially not be depressed for the, for the weekend ahead or whatever's going or whatever I had planned. And I'm sure many business owners and salespeople alike have been in that same boat. So we're going to be talking about all the all the mindset, the mindset you need to adapt, the behaviors you need to adapt, and some actionable tips that we can actually put into play to um, ensure it never happens again. So perhaps we could start from the top, um, Naraj, and you can give us an idea of some of the main reasons why you believe that business owners or sales professionals actually fail to hit their sales targets in the first place. Yeah, I mean, there's a number of reasons why. Uh, the first thing is most salespeople don't consider sales a job. They don't. Um, a lot of salespeople get into sales because they want to earn some money very quickly. A lot of people get into sales because they want to go on a nice holiday, buy some nice clothes. But very few people get into sales. I spoke to very few people in my life who said, you know what? I'm going to work in sales and have a great career. <laughs> Even when I started in sales, I just did it to help pay the mortgage. I didn't really, you know, it was never a dream of mine to work in sales. I, I speak to very few people who think that way. And it's really important to understand sales as a profession, Sam, you know? So yeah. I'll give you a good example. So my mother spent three years becoming a physiotherapist. Uh, my brother spent a couple of years becoming a teacher and now a tennis coach. And he still goes to Wimbledon every year. He goes to tennis matches every year. He goes to tennis events every single year in fact this year is the first year he hasn't been to wimbledon you know my, my father and my brother-in-law 
again, doctors, they spent nine years of their profession. And my father, even until the age of 70 years old, was still going to conferences, still learning his craft. Yet very few salespeople continually learn their craft. They might get half a day or one day or a few days training at the beginning of their career, but they regularly get involved in ongoing training. And one of the most important things to do is keep learning every day. That's right, every day, not once a week, but every single day, and then taking action. That's one of the most important things you can be doing. Got it. No, that's that's a great point. And like you say, it's something that I neglected early on in my, my sales career myself. Um, didn't yeah basically failed to fail to read thought i kind of already knew it all failed to listen to podcasts and like you say it's something that's that certainly helped me um and why is that why is that an important point narash for um because i think this is going to be useful both for sales and, and business owners alike um why should we be reading or listening to podcasts or consuming video content how does that help us how is that actually gonna gonna make us perform better um in day to day because these are just notes on paper or people talking right of course. Well, there's two reasons why. First of all, every successful salesperson I know, every successful sales company I work with, the best people are listening to audiobooks, they are listening to podcasts, they are reading books, they are asking coaches for advice, they are getting coached. These are the most successful people in pretty much companies all around the UK and world. Okay. And the second reason is don't forget, I spent 23 years in corporate London. I spent eight years running sales teams. And although sales has changed more in the last, say, two years than the last 10 years, there are certain things that have not changed. And one of the things that hasn't changed, you want to be successful, the more you learn, the more you earn. That's just the way it is in any profession. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and like you say, sales is one of those things where you can jump in and you can get stuck in it straight away. You need no formal qualifications or anything like this. And like like you touched on with your parents, they they were constantly learning as part of their jobs. It's one of those jobs you can get stuck straight in, and you don't necessarily have to do it. But it's something you've got to actually, like you say, you've got to make the choice yourself to spend the time, invest the time in in your own learning, your personal development, to to get better. So, are there any other any other reasons? Personal development to one side. Um, any other reasons or key reasons that you found from your experience, Naraj, and why, why we failed to hit our sales targets? Uh, mindset is a very big one, and it's something mm. that people really don't think about much. Not in, in, in the last kind of six months, people are, are more concerned about their mental health, which is very important. And we're not in a situation where, you know, let's be realistic, salespeople thrive well in an office environment, in a culture. It's not quite the same at home. And sadly, a lot of people, you know, they finish work, and then you click your finger and you're in home. There's almost no transition. There's no commute home. There's no, yeah. you know, you normally need a bit of time after a long day at work. Because let's be realistic, sales is a tough job. I'm not going to sit here and say sales is a great laugh. <laughs> you know, it's hard work. And sometimes, some days it's just, especially near the end of the month, it's barely unbearable at times. It just is. That's the nature of the profession. We get paid well for the success. Therefore, we have to deal with the pressures of it. And a lot of salespeople don't understand that. And I see a lot of sales companies and salespeople just, you know, picking up the phone going, okay, another day. <laughs> That's not how you yeah. pick up the phone. You have to get your head right. So the, the first thing every salesperson should have is a vision board. And what a vision board does is it's like an, an A3 or an A4 board of visuals. And it consists of two parts. The first part are things you've achieved in your life, Sam, which is like great success. It can be awards you've won. It can be, you know, a lovely car you have. It just wants to be things, great success you've had in life. 
Okay. And the second part of the vision board should be things you want. And they can be materialistic things like a nicer home, a nicer car, a dream holiday. And of course, personal things like you want to get a new dog, you want to have more kids, whatever that is, whatever your dream is, whatever your visuals are, you need to have those on a vision board. And I'll tell you why. When you get four or five rejections in a row, which every salesperson does, it hurts. When it's three o'clock on a Friday afternoon, you want to hit the pub, you don't want to work anymore. It happens to right. all of us. The vision board keeps you going further. It's true. A vision board really helps keep you focused. And one thing salespeople really do lack is focus. I'm never going to question a salesperson's work ethic as most salespeople I know work fairly hard. They do. Yeah. Um, but they really do lack focus and mindset's a serious problem with a lot of salespeople. It really is. I think you're exactly right. And we've all we've all been there, I certainly have, of um perhaps thinking I need to make a certain call or I need to contact someone, I need to get in touch with someone or follow up. And perhaps I'm in a bad mood because something outside of, of sales, outside of my job has, has affected me. And that's also put me in a bad mindset. So I think, oh, this is a waste of time. And then just go into it in, in an angry manner. And that then reflects, your tone reflects to the customer you're talking off, which in turn might annoy them, might piss them off, which is just going to do you a whole bunch of harm. So I really like the idea that you've got this board perhaps in your home office or your room, wherever you're working from. It kind of gives you that positivity you need, I guess, to give you a bit of a buzz, a bit of a kick up the backside and uh, realize, put everything in perspective, why, why you're actually doing the work and um, perhaps give that, bring that positivity back. So... On that note, Naraj, um, because I'm completely with you that the mindset's quite a, quite an important piece of the puzzle, and um, it's not something we talked about a great deal on the show. So, are there any, which which kind of links this as well? Are there any behaviours that we should set in place, um, perhaps per month or perhaps per day, or perhaps that have been useful for yourself, um, that can just ensure that we've got a regime um, that means we're doing X, what we're doing, why we're doing Z. So we've got these lists of tasks throughout our day that can ensure we're actually doing the right things to then make sure we've got we're hitting our targets, whether that's splitting things down into days or weeks or months, or whether it's just micro tasks that you've found that have been a useful way to ensure that you're not there, like we were saying before, in the last few days of the month, yeah. panicking. Because a lot of people are really, I had so many phone calls yesterday from salespeople, so many messages saying, I really don't know how to do this. I don't know how to do this. And I'm like, okay, well, where are you at the moment? And they tell me, I'm like, okay, just out of curiosity, talk me through your morning routine. What do you do? And salespeople have a terrible morning routine, Sam. They wake up. What's the first thing they do? They look at their phone. They check the news. Or even worse, they check their emails. When you start the day, just spend a moment or two in gratitude. Be grateful you've got a roof over your head. Be grateful you have a decent salary. Be grateful for all the things you have. Do not please ever check news because it's always negative. Do not be checking emails first thing in the morning and giving your time off to somebody else. The morning needs to be about you before you start work. That means eating a good breakfast, not eating a bad breakfast. It means having one coffee, not three coffees. Um, I personally think it's a great idea before you start work to get some exercise in. Um, I go for a morning walk every day for 20 minutes. It's the best thing I do. It just gets my mind clear for the day. I'm not checking emails, by the way. I'm going for a morning walk. I then come back to my desk. I spend half an hour reading a book on personal development, or I'll read a sales book. And then just before I pick up the phone or just before I do anything, I listen to some rock music for five minutes because listen to Bon Jovi, listen to Bruce Springsteen, listen to Aerosmith, that gets me in such a good mood and it gets me all fired up. And that means that, boom, come eight o'clock, I'm ready to fire. I'm ready to go. And... That's a great way to start my day. Notice I haven't said I check email. I haven't checked the news. I haven't checked Instagram. I haven't checked Facebook. I haven't checked uh, my text messages, my WhatsApp, nothing. 
eight o'clock, I have started work and nothing and nobody bothers me till at least half nine. And that is something I'm so strict about and it's helped me achieve more in life. And that's what salespeople should be doing as well. Not checking your Facebook first thing in the morning, not checking your text messages. These things are just distractions from your job, okay? Get yourself in the right frame of mind, get yourself straight into work, and you'll be amazed at what you can achieve. Yeah, I, I, it kind of reminds me of my younger days, actually, Naraj, where I'd, um, especially when I first started in sales, so I was probably only 20, 21. And, um, you know, it's like when you're younger, when you're a teenager, when you're in the 20, early 20s, drinking way more than you should, rocking up probably nine o'clock, or in my case, a bit late. And then by that time, like you said, you're already in a, a slightly bad mindset, and you're not ready to do things. Whereas now I'm slowly shifting to the, the, the place where I'm making lists the day before on the tasks that I need to do for the day ahead, trying to do a bit of exercise, like you say, maybe going to the gym in the morning. And then like you say, by eight or 9 a.m., I've got my list of things to do. I'm all refreshed, already fueled and and ready with, with what, what we need to do. So yeah, routine's a great, great thing. And like you say, distraction. I think we've all been guilty of checking emails, checking texts, whatever it is first thing in the morning or checking social media. So definitely, if you can get yourself in that good headspace, that, that makes perfect sense really. So you can attack the day and get on with what you need to, to, to actually make things happen. Um, and on that on that notion, do you have any, do you have like a structure to your day that you think could, could actually help people or structure to the week? Um, or is it just a case of kind of prepping what you need to for the day ahead, Narash, um, in terms of, and obviously this is, this is quite a generic question because everyone, depending on what we're selling and depending on how we sell or how we do business, it's going to be slightly different. But have you got any tips or insights for how we can actually structure our week in terms of making calls for set? For example, some people that have come on the show have said, look, we set an hour, an hour a day to do cold calling or cold email. We might do half an hour for, for social media, for LinkedIn and social selling and that kind of stuff. Or we'll spend some time in the morning to respond to inbound queries. Have you got any, yeah, any, any structure ideas from that front? Yeah. So a lot of salespeople that I speak to will start their day usually in a team meeting to start off with. And that will last about half an hour. And you should always have a team meeting first thing in the morning. And every sales manager and every sales director and every business owner should always have a team meeting with their staff first thing in the morning. Um, a, to kind of air any concerns or questions people have, but also to see that you know what your staff's goals are for the day. And if a salesperson says, I'm going to make some phone calls today, that's not good enough. <laughs> you have to say, I'm going to make, you know, 10 phone calls today. I'm going to make uh, one hour of LinkedIn content for the day. I'm going to do one hour phone calls this afternoon. I'm going to try and upsell these. You, know, you should know exactly what you want to achieve each day. That's absolutely vital. Now, personally for prospecting, um, I find that by lunchtime, really by two o'clock at the latest, people are a bit sick and tired, Sam, of staring at this tiny little hole <laughs> in their laptops and computers. They are, because yeah. you've been two or three webinars, you're doing meetings back to back on Zoom or Skype or, or Google Hangouts or Microsoft team meetings. As soon as lunchtime occurs, what do people do? They go straight onto their phone <laughs> and they're checking social media and looking at their apps. So by two o'clock, people are a bit burned out by technology. Now, I love technology. I'm not going to criticize it, but you have to have a certain, you, you can't have it continually all day. It does affect your mental health. So by two o'clock to three o'clock, most people I know are happy to receive phone calls. And that is generally when I do my prospecting. Most days, it's two o'clock to three o'clock. It's quite rare, like today, because I want to speak to you, that I'm not doing it. But two o'clock to three o'clock is vital. Okay. Now, what I'm finding is between three o'clock and four o'clock, a lot of prospects are taking advantage of being at home and picking up their kids from school because a lot of them have kids. And so you're not going to get hold of a lot of people between three and four. And then between half four and six o'clock, most often are back online again. So again, 
I'm making phone calls then. And people are always surprised how much I prospect, but I'm a business owner. And I'm lucky that, okay, I get a lot of inquiries from LinkedIn. I have clients who are very loyal to me and keep booking with me because I get them results. However, I still have to prospect every day. I still have to follow up. I still have to upsell. So many of the things that salespeople do, I have to do as a business owner as well. So two o'clock to three o'clock and half past four to six, be prospecting, have the phone here and be on the phone because it's a great way to connect with people always. Yeah, nice bit of advice. I like that. I'd never really thought of those those hours. Like you say, I guess it's just before a lot of us have to pick up our kids from school or do other bits and pieces in the afternoon. So that's that's interesting. And on on that note, Naraj, have you got any any advice for how we can actually stay focused? Because like you say, a heck of a lot of us, a majority of us now are having to work from home and makeshift offices and so forth. And, and like you say, if you've got partner living in the house or if you've got kids or any other distractions, it's so easy to get mixed up with, oh, I've just got to do this little bit of hoovering or I've got to turn the TV <laughs> off or I've got to make the kids some dinner, all that kind of stuff. Have you got any um, advice on what's worked for you in terms of staying focused? Um, do we just lock ourselves in a room and put a padlock on and say, look, don't come in until 5 p.m. tonight? That's okay to do if you have no kids. But if you yeah. have kids, it's not quite that simple. Um, so, for example, uh, my sister and her brother, my brother-in-law's frontline NHS. He's working all day. Uh, my sister is learning, ironically, all day today. So my nephews are at my house. Um, when you have a seven-year-old and a nine-year-old in their house, you can't say to them, listen, guys, just do some work all day. I'm busy. <laughs> their brains don't function like that. So what I do is I give them little drips and drabs. So, for example, this morning, I took a break at 11 o'clock. I went outside and I kicked the football for 15 minutes with my nephew. As a break, came back inside, worked till lunchtime. At lunchtime, we played this thing called Fortnite, some computer game. Um, <laughs> apparently is very popular with young kids. So he's teaching me how to play Fortnite. He's amazing at it. I'm going... This is actually really quite complicated, but yeah, <laughs> we're enjoying it. Now, I'm with you till three o'clock, and then I'm going to hang out with him, play a bit of football till quarter past three. But then from half three until five o'clock, I got to work. I got to make my phone calls. I got to do my LinkedIn prep, you know. So my day split into various chunks, but every time I take a break, I'll spend it with my nephew. So you can spend that with your child or your dog or your partner. It's okay to take those breaks throughout the day, but I'm not spending it on Facebook seeing how many likes I have. Yeah, I'm yeah, not, no, not I, I, to see what our ex-partners from 20 years ago doing. <laughs> I, I, I don't get involved in that world because that just distracts from me. And the second thing is when I'm working, all my notifications are off. So just before we started this call, you, you know, I showed you my phone. Everything is off. Email is off. There's nothing that's going to distract me. All I care about is giving you and your listeners as much value as I possibly can. Everything's off. I am so focused right now. It's incredible. So by turning notifications off, turning email off, you'll be amazed at how much work you can get done. Really and truly amazed. And the third thing is at lunchtime, I know people are going to be checking their social media and apps no matter what, but it's just really good to get outside in nature. Even if it's raining, just take an umbrella get out of the house because if you're finishing work at five or six and then all of a sudden you're still in the same house you haven't got time to process that so it's really important to get out of the house at least twice a day even for a walk if you have a park nearby or a lake nearby even better if not just get out of the house and go for a walk it really does make a big difference you know I really need to take that and um, turn off notifications uh, advice to heart I'm a, a bit of a LinkedIn addict and uh, I, I pretty much stay, spend most of my time in between tasks on, on LinkedIn. So it's definitely something I need to do. And I'm sure there's a lot of, lot of people tuning in that could really value that. There are something I found useful that I've picked out from what you've just um, advised then is I, I found a lot of help structuring. So I use Google calendars pretty religiously. Mm -hmm. So I log everything on there. 
otherwise it, it doesn't get done really so i i even like breaks for example if i'm I try to go out for for lunch once uh, once a week with my fiance. So if if I don't log it in, I'm going to book calls over there. So even small things like actually remember to take breaks at certain times, so I don't book Zoom calls over. I found if I log it in the calendar, it's there. It's going to happen, and I won't yeah. miss it. So have you have you got any tools that you use on that front, or have you just got a super good memory so you can just know that I mean, everything's going to happen? You can color coordinate your calendar. A lot of people find that very useful. But I think because I spend so much time in front of the screen, I do a lot of my planning. Um, I'll show you here with an old-fashioned, <laughs> just an old-fashioned notepad. I mean, this is it. It's an old-fashioned notepad. I'm asked how I do my planning every single day. Um, I take a lot of notes in a notepad. I plan my day in a notepad because, you know, staring at the screen all day, it's not healthy. And again, there's a really successful one of the world's biggest peak performance coaches. His name's Tony Robbins. And he had a three-day event at the weekend. A lot of my friends were taking part in it. And, um, you know, I, I went to the live event four years ago. And, and this guy has trained Serena Williams, Conor McGregor, Hugh Jackman, some of the biggest names in the world. Usher, I mean, he's an incredible coach. And he always says success leaves clues now i invest not in coaching myself i believe everybody if you want to be successful needs a coach and success leaves clues so what do successful people do they write in a diary every single morning they take a lot of time every single day for half an hour just to plan and think not with a laptop with a pen and paper um you know before i go to bed at night i write in a gratitude journal for 10 minutes for all the things i'm grateful for that day even if i had a really bad day it's a pen and paper. So even though, I, like I said, I love technology, I embrace technology, but if you have technology all day long, it really does affect your brain. It does affect your mental health. Mental health problems are at an all-time high now, Sam, partly because of stress, partly because people are concerned about their jobs, but also because people are using technology all day long and you've got to have a break from it. 100% agree. Yeah, yeah you've, you've got to, you've got to, Kind of take time understand what your hobbies are and like you say sometimes I've, I've been in that boat where i've had zoom calls or phone calls or skype calls back to back all day gets to 5 p.m half 5 6 p.m and you just feel frazzled because yeah. you've not set yourself breaks and like i said you've, you've not split up your day and allocated time to have a break go out for a walk go out for a run gym with your partner whatever you want to do so yeah that's that's vital man really good advice um okay so moving aside from mindset and daily behaviors um if we move this into a more sales and business focus, so actually yeah. structuring our pipeline. So we, I've certainly been guilty of this, as as many things we've discussed today. Um, keeping things in my CRM or my sales pipeline um, that I know probably never ever going to come in. The cash is never going to hit. The client's probably never going to go ahead with us. I'm a bit better at it these days. But how can we get strict with our pipeline, Naraj? How can we keep our pipeline tidy of only opportunities that are actually likely to come in? So again, we're we're basically not running through the month. Um, on opportunities that are never ever going to land and result in business we're only keeping it very strict and all of those are juicy and likely to come in within the month or within the quarter yeah salespeople are very pessimistic when it comes to their pipeline um but when it comes to closing they're very optimistic <laughs> about that pipeline i think that's a good way of putting it um you know just because you get on well with a client doesn't mean they're going to book and i see a lot of salespeople saying well i know the client well and they're kind of interested so they're 80 percent and you've got to be sitting down with a manager or a coach once a week to be talking through your pipeline. This is really important because what you should be asking is, okay, how many people are actually involved in this decision? And salespeople don't ask that question often enough. They have one good relationship and think that's it. 
But the fact is that now, especially the last three or four months, financial directors are now involved in the decision, which, make, which does complicate things more and makes decisions much longer to happen. And financial directors don't really care about your relationship. They're looking at the bottom end. They're looking at the money side of things. Quite often, uh, you will have a commercial director involved anyway. There'll be quite a few influencers involved. So that's why I keep saying the more you learn, the more you earn, because not enough salespeople understand process. So you've got to understand how many salespeople, or sorry, how many people are involved in the decision-making process. That is vital. Um, you have to make sure you have uncovered needs because salespeople will be asked one or two questions and then rush through this process to talk about their product or their service. And you have to stop rushing. Okay, just take your time. You're not trying to get a deal here. You're not trying to get commission. What you're trying to do is build a relationship and think long term. And not enough salespeople think long term, Sam. They're often just thinking, oh, my God, it's almost the end of October. I've got to get this deal. It's almost the end of the month. I have to hit my target. And that's understandable, and I've been there, so I get it. However, you will always achieve so much more thinking long-term, okay? Yeah. That's why I always say to salespeople, don't, you know, I get at least, I don't know, 30 or 40 emails a day and at least five LinkedIn messages a day from salespeople just selling to me. Most often I ignore, but every now and again, I'll say, please read this article on LinkedIn that I've written about how not to sell. <laughs> and don't contact <laughs> me again until you've read it. And every yeah. now and again, somebody listens, but most of the time they just don't. All good points. Um, and without going off on a tangent too much, I mean, one of the, probably the most common objections that people are facing, I know I've had it a fair few times right now, is obviously when we're in COVID, the pandemic's going on right now, as we all know, um, it's lack of budget. Yeah. So the amount of times you'll hear, yes, we really need help with this. We need, really need help with your product or service, but we just don't have the budget right now. Have you got any tips to overcome that objection is it one that we can overcome the rash or is it just a case of that we haven't built enough value during our exploration or initial calls with with the customer it's a mixture of both quite often if somebody says i have no budget you're taught to believe that's not true and i actually disagree with that sometimes if a client says to me they have no budget i genuinely do believe them um i will ask just setting budget aside is there anything else that i've missed or is there anything I should have asked that I really haven't asked? And I think it's very important. Salespeople aren't humble enough sometimes to admit that we've made a mistake. And it's very important to do that. You don't have to be macho and aggressive and have too much testosterone. A lot of salespeople think they have to do that, but you don't. And so much of the business I have won, it's not because I'm a slick salesperson, because I'm not. And it's certainly not because I have an answer to everything. It's because I put myself in a position where I'm genuinely trying to help the client as much as I possibly can, and I'm trying to find a solution. And there has even been times I've said to people, you know what, I don't think my solution is for you. I'm going to recommend somebody else. And again, salespeople never do stuff like that. Salespeople never say, you know what, I don't think there's anything we can do here. <laughs> so you've got to be honest, and people will always respect you more for being honest. However, there are people who right now genuinely have no budgets now. They just have no budget. They, some of them may not have budget in 2021, and some of them generally do not have a clue when they're going to have budget because nobody has told them and everything's in limbo. And my advice to people is when that happens, if you've asked all the questions you can ask and there's definitely no budget left, what you do is say, look, I can call you back in three months or six months' time, but let's be realistic. Look how much the world has changed in the last week or two. God only knows what's going to happen in three or six months. So here's what I'd like to suggest, just so we don't lose contact and just so I'm giving you as much value as I possibly can, once a week, I'd like to send you some content. It won't be spam, 
But what I do is I'll send my most popular LinkedIn article of the week, or I'll send some content that I've seen one of my sales training friends write that I think is really good. So I'm constantly giving people value. And that means that in three months, four months, or six months, whenever I speak to that person, I am further ahead than any of my competition because I am on their mind. But if you contact somebody in three or six months, having not spoken to them, you're starting afresh and that's not good. Such a nice tip. Um, no, like you say, I've, I've, you've actually gone one step better than what I do. So normally I'll make sure that I'm always connected to anyone that I have a conversation with, whether they've come in through our website inbound, whether they've seen me on a social channel on YouTube or one of our paid ads or SEO, however they found us and got in touch and we're having a conversation. Then like you say, if, if it turns out that we can't do business right now, I'll connect with them on LinkedIn. So that way they're seeing my content and they're seeing me talk about digital marketing, giving actual advice. And then eventually they, they may, we may strike up a conversation. They might reach back out and we'll, we'll have a chat, but you're going one step better. You're adding them to your email list. And like you say, you're saying, look, do you mind if I send you week, weekly useful content, which you're saying top of mind, just like connecting with people on LinkedIn, but you're going one step better. And um, like I say, it's a really nice way to give people a refresher of you, actually help them with something useful. So when they do need the assistance, you're the one that they're going to call because you're, exactly. you're, you're the one they think of. Love that, man. Because back at, bear in mind, back in March, I did this. So back in March, the whole country was turned upside down. I lost so much of my business. I had to rebuild. A lot of my clients said, we have no budget calls in three months. And I think as I've been through two recessions previously, I know you do not wait for three months. <laughs> you just don't. You have to keep in touch. So I said, look, it's okay if I keep in touch with you with content once a week, maybe once a fortnight, but I promise not to spam you. It'll all be valuable content. And they said, yes. So I kept doing that. And it meant that come June time, I won two new sales coaching clients just because every single week I kept sending them valuable content. None of my competition were. None of my competition were, which really did surprise me, actually, in all fairness. My competition were spamming them, <laughs> but they weren't sending personal messages. They weren't saying, by the way, yeah. I saw this and thought of your business. Oh, by the way, you told me time management's a big problem. Here's an idea I was thinking of. And again, this is why I say the more you learn, the more you earn. Um, James Altucher, very successful American entrepreneur, uh, I was reading his newsletter. And he was saying, you know what, it's a really good idea. Just every now and again, think of one or two ideas for your clients. Just say, I was thinking of you and just send it to them. And I actually do that sometimes. Every now and again, I'll say to a client, you know what, I know you mentioned time management's an issue. Just here's a few ideas I thought about. I just thought it'd be very helpful for you. Not, please contact me. Not, uh, don't forget about me when you want a sales trainer. No, here's some value. I was just thinking about you. I think it'll be really helpful for you. And so many times the client comes back saying, thank you so much. I go, hey, no problem. I'm glad it's of use. That's it. I don't try and sell. That's the worst thing you can do because you ruin that goodwill. Um, but you have to be doing these things. And that's why I'm always saying read books, learn as much as you can, take action. Because when you read about other successful people, you get so many good ideas yourself, which help you with sales success. Yep. Love it. And and to, to add to that, you're being different to every other business owner, ever, every other salesperson out there, because the chances are if they're trying to win your business, they're probably just calling you or emailing you, bumping a thread saying, are you ready to move ahead with this? Have you got any more questions on this? What are your thoughts? Just the same generic questions. Whereas if you're actually feeding people content that's useful, you're actually helping them, you're giving them tips, you're giving them insights, you're giving them new things to learn that they've perhaps not thought about. So they're actually thinking, one, this person's of value. Two, they must know what they're talking about. And three, I've heard so much from them, they're gonna be the one I'll reach out rather than these other businesses, these other salespeople that are spamming me like every few days or few weeks. So yeah, love that. It just shows you've got to put the extra work in sometimes and 
think outside the box, be a bit more unique with what you're putting out rather than just doing what everyone else is doing. 100%. Look, I'm a buyer, okay? I bought, I, I buy cars. I buy life. And I buy so many things. And the people I buy from, not necessarily the people I like the most, although that does help to a certain extent because people do buy people. But at the same time, um, you know, okay, good example. I, had to, uh, I got divorced this year and I had to buy life insurance again. And I filled a form in online uh, five different companies, and I said, please call my mobile. Don't email me. I have too many emails. Four people emailed me. <laughs> I just said, don't e They just emailed me. The fifth person called me, and he said, I was having a look at your LinkedIn profile. Well done. You've written two books. I said, yeah. He goes, oh, it's amazing. What's it like? I always wanted to be an author. We ended up chatting for a few minutes, and then we spoke business. Because he made the effort of researching me, I bought life insurance off this company, 80 pounds a month probably worth about 10 to 20,000 pounds to their business. The sales guy is going to get a nice commission out of that because he spent about two minutes looking at my profile and Googling to see who I was. That makes a difference. And most salespeople don't do that. So little things like that do make a big difference. And by the way, just so everybody listening understands, everything I'm teaching you is proven here. This isn't research from years ago. This isn't something I'm saying, why don't you try and see what happens? This is stuff that is working right now because it works with me as a business owner and it works with salespeople and business owners that I coach. So everything I'm teaching you is proven. Got it. No, nice one, the Raj. And just to, before we wrap things up, to, to make sure we're actually maintaining and keeping a healthy pipeline that is full of ripe opportunities, is it just a case of going back to our earlier chat on mindset and behaviours? Is it just a case of making sure we do those daily things, prospecting, perhaps dedicating some time to social selling, to creating content? to reaching out to existing clients and all that other good stuff. Is it a case of just doing that consistently or is there a bit more to it or something that we haven't chatted about yet? Consistency and daily actions are way more important than being brilliant. You know, I don't know many salespeople that are geniuses. Um, I do know a very successful people, the most successful people I know, not just in sales, but in business in general, they do things consistently and they do the right things consistently. So they will prospect every day. They learn every day. Uh, they take action every day. They pick up the telephone. And by the way, a lot of the things that I'm mentioning, like picking up the telephone, I don't particularly like spending that much time on the telephone. I know for a fact every single day I'm going to get rejected. So I have a lot of the fears that most salespeople have and a lot of business owners have. The only difference, Sam, is it doesn't stop me. That's it. I, I will not let fear stop me. And that's why I have my vision. My vision board is so strong. Because my why is so big, you know, I know what I want to achieve in life and I know I'm going to achieve it if I do these daily habits, if I get up early, if I go for a walk, if I don't get distracted by social media, if I prospect every day, if I research people before I speak to them, if I learn, all these things make a huge, huge difference to your sales. Awesome. No, nice one. I really appreciate you, you coming on today. So to, to wrap things up, are there any, for everything we've discussed, are there any specific tools that you recommend or that you utilize to, to do all these? Or is it like you say, you just keep a track of everything um, in um, as notes in, in journals and perhaps for email and things like that? Are there any um, unusual, unusual ways you use to, to keep on track? I wouldn't say any unusual ways. I mean, I mean, really for me, people underestimate the importance of a notepad and pen. They really do in this technical age, they really underestimate how much thinking and how much good work you get done. And you just turn the laptop off <laughs> and just, you know, you're not being distracted and you're thinking in peace and quiet. 
You get I can so vouch for that. Done. I've got, got a full page of notes from our conversation so far. <laughs> well, true. I mean, even I prepared for this last night. I mean, look at this. It's just a yeah. full page of notes. And I spent one hour last night thinking, how am I going to give as much value as possible today? And that's all I did. I didn't type it up because I was sick and tired of my laptop. I just wrote all the notes down. Uh, I mean, in terms of digital tools I use, LinkedIn is still the best tool. In terms of all the master classes I run, I've tried GoToWebinar. I've tried, I've tried all different platforms. Zoom is the easiest platform to use, I find. It's also one of the most cost efficient. I just happened, I've always used Skype, ironically enough, but Skype really missed a trick in lockdown and they failed to promote themselves in such a big way. Whereas Zoom just went insane. Zoom are very smart, Skype weren't. So, you know, whenever times are tough and scary, use the Zoom versus Skype as an example. Until March this year, people didn't talk about Zoom very much. But now it's all we talk about. Zoom are very smart promoting themselves. When times are tough, you have to be out there promoting yourself. You have to be buying sales books. You have to be learning. You have to be getting coached. All these things make a difference. And the most successful people I have seen in sales, the most successful business owners I've seen, have these great habits every single day. Naresh, Thank you so much, man. Really, really appreciate you coming back on for a second episode and we'll have you on again soon. Everyone, you've been tuning into Sam's Business Growth Show where we sit down with business leaders, experts and entrepreneurs from around the globe. We find out their story, how digital marketing has helped along the way and their exclusive tips and insights to help you skyrocket your sales and your business. Naraj, um, please do tell us how everyone can learn from you, how they can connect with you, anything you'd like to promote, good sir. No matter how many times I say to people, go to everybodyworksinsales.com, or send me an email, Nairaj, at everybodyworksinsales.com. People still go to my LinkedIn profile. <laughs> I don't know why. They feel very comfortable doing that. Um, but connect with me on LinkedIn. If you want to learn more, uh, go to YouTube. Type in Everybody Works in Sales. There's about 55 sales videos there you can learn from. They're all about 90 seconds each. So it's a really great way to learn. Uh, Everybody Works in Sales, uh, which is my first book, uh, which is a really good book about overcoming failure and having a career in sales and achieving success, and the easy guide to sales for business owners. They're the best books you can read right now on sales. I recommend them. I also recommend The Million Pound LinkedIn Message by Daniel Disney, you know, Converted by Matt Sykes, The Extremely Successful Salesman Club by Chris Murray, um, Selling Boldly, Alex Goldfein, um, anything by Jeffrey Gittimer, <laughs> pretty much anything. Read these books. They will make a huge difference to your career, I promise you. They really will. All good books, all good books. We need to get Jeffrey on the show, so hopefully he'll be a, he'll be a future attendee. Anyway, thanks very much, Naraj. Really appreciate you coming on again, dude. Absolute pleasure. Good to see you, Sam, and uh, give my best to your family. Cheers. And everyone, if you enjoyed the show, please do hit subscribe on your podcast channel of choice. If you search Sam's Business Growth Show, no matter where you get your podcast, we interview business leaders each and every week to provide you actionable tips to boost your sales, grow your business, and make best use of digital marketing. Thanks very much for tuning in. Thank you. Are you tired of constantly hunting for new customers? You could be missing out on regular inbound opportunities all because your website isn't on the first page of Google. Perhaps you're already spending lots of money on advertising, but your website is failing to convert all of your hard-earned visitors into a consistent flow of new customers. If you'd like to learn more about our unusual approach that brings idle clients straight to you, connect with Sam Dunning on LinkedIn or Book a free 20-minute consultation via webchoiceuk.com. That's webchoiceuk.com.
Subscribe today for more digital marketing, sales, and business growth tips from the experts.